0: Today, we're going to talk with industry expert, Kurt Mercadante, about the four pillars of building an authority brand. Welcome to The Friday Habit with Benjamin Manley and Mark Labriola II.
1: The Friday Habit is for creators, entrepreneurs, and agency owners looking for actionable ideas on how to grow their business and be more profitable. We'll pull from our combined knowledge of over 20 years and interview
0: thought leaders that will inspire you and give you the motivation you need to kick your business into high gear. Buckle up. It's Friday. Hey, Ben. Hey. Would you rather be the president, but you'd be bad at at it or have a job nobody knows about but you're really good at it
1: oh that's so easy i would i don't want to be the president well i guess if i was good at being a president i might want to be president but i feel like i would not be good at being president you have to be so decisive when you're a president and so
0: you'd be bad at it so that's the question would you rather be a bad president uh or good at something nobody knows about
1: <laughs> definitely good uh it's something nobody knows about what about you
0: yeah, I think I'd like to be a bad president. I, I want the fame, you know? It's like even even on a bad day, it's like you go somewhere, it's free stakes everywhere you go. <laughs>
1: so, nice, love it.
0: <laughs> hey guys, if you are enjoying the podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review in the Apple Podcast app. It helps us reach more people and get the word out. You can also send us a voice memo. So uh, if you want to be a part of our show and have a question for us uh, or have something nice to say, go ahead and open up your phone, record something into it, and email it to hello at the com. And finally, that brings me to introducing our guest, which I'm super excited about. So... Kurt Mercadante is the founder of Merck Enterprises, author of Amazon Bestseller, Five Pillars of the Freedom Lifestyle, a Gallup Certified Strength Trainer, a Certified Human Behavior Specialist, and host of the Freedom Mindset Podcast Radio. Uh, so Kurt, thank you so much for being on our show. Welcome.
2: Thank you, Mark and Ben. It's a pleasure to be here. And I love anyone who's got the title the, the word habit in their title that's what it's all about. Because a lot of people think it's all about willpower and discipline and motivation. And that'll get you like through the first five days of whatever you're trying to achieve. But it's those habits and those behaviors that help you actually do it consistently in the long run.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting when you when your one sheet came across my desk, I, I was instantly curious. Um, I saw a line in there that said that, You increase entrepreneurs' authority brand or help them increase their authority brand. Can you explain a little bit about what authority brand means to you before we get into kind of our main topic of the pillars? Yeah, no, absolutely. There's
2: two types of brands. There's an authority brand and a
0: commodity brand.
2: And there's nothing right or wrong with either. With a lot of the folks I work with, though, they're consultants, they're financial advisors, they're accountants, marketing consultants, you know, they're building agencies, And they want to be authority brands. Uh, Someone, uh, Brandon Steiner, who's a legend in sports marketing, hopped onto my LinkedIn uh, feed a couple of weeks ago. And I was talking about this concept. And he said, here's here's something to think about. When you think about authority versus commodity, if you were going to be a hotel, what type of hotel would you be? You know, would you be, do you want to be a luxury hotel with incredible service where the people just love being there and the mints on your pillow and they turn down your bed? Or do you want to be the economy in? now being the, there's nothing wrong with being the economy in but just know you're gonna be treated like a vendor instead right, of a right. trusted advisor you're gonna attract clients who right. who are pains in the butt who doubt you uh, who toxicify if that's even a word toxify uh, the rest of your client base right <laughs> and and but but those when you build an authority brand you attract people to you you're a trusted advisor you are the expert you bring loyal customers in in. Years like 2020, commodity brands are the first to go because they're the nice to haves and they're the cheap old, right? Mm -hmm. Authority brands, it's like, no, I need Mark, I need Ben because I need someone loyal by my side to help me navigate these uncertain times.
1: That makes sense. Yeah. And I'm sure like commodity brands also are like usually competing on price, whereas like authority brands are like, you know, Hey, I know I want them. So can I afford it? I'll shoot for that instead of c- competing on price.
2: Yeah. And, and and that's a great point. And, and to make that point, I, I talk about mushrooms. Like, what, what the hell are you talking about mushrooms? About, right? <laughs> so, so here in Charleston, South Carolina, just outside of the city, there's an abbey of Catholic monks and it's called Mepkin Abbey. And when you go to these, some monasteries, there's monks, some monks make wine, some make beer, whatever. These monks make mushrooms, but not just any mushrooms. Like I'm not a mushroom guy. These are incredible mushrooms. And you go to four-star restaurants and you pay a premium for Mepkin Abbey mushrooms. And it's not just that they taste great all the time. It's that they have a cool story. The Abbey was actually donated to them by Henry uh, Luce, uh, who was the magnate of Time Life magazine. His wife was a congresswoman, an author. So it's a cool story mixed with quality. And they charge a lot more. Now, a lot of people may look at that and be like, why would I pay a premium for mushrooms? I can go to Publix. I can go to Harris Teeter. I can go to a local grocery store and get like a mushrooms for a buck, right? Well, Mapkin Abbey's fine with that. Why? Because they're not going for the eight out of 10 people who want to pay a buck. They're fine with attracting those two out of 10 people who will pay a premium for the mushrooms, knowing that they're going to get quality, a real cool story. They're getting a name. That's authority versus commodity.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because I think a lot of us as creatives and entrepreneurs, we start out as this commodity brand, right? It's like taking gigs for as cheap as you can. I'm just trying to pay my rent or, you know, make sure that I can afford the gear I need to buy to do the next job. And then as you continue to grow, there's this transition where you kind of need to make a decision like, am I, am I going to be an authority brand? or an economy brand. So I'd love to get into this to help us understand more how we can, if we're not already an authority brand, how we can transition into an authority brand and kind of like the steps. And, and as as you, as you've kind of outlined here, the pillars uh, of building an authority brand.
2: Yeah, no, thank you. You know, it it all starts with the knowledge that every business started out as a thought. I don't care what business it it started as a thought in some human's mind. That thought turned into an idea. Your business is the manifestation of those ideas. Within those ideas lies your authority. Because why? Every single business, I don't care if you're selling selling golf balls, paper, high-end consulting, media consulting, marketing consulting, uh, you're selling, I'm looking out over the ocean now, you know, the guy who sells the umbrellas to people who want to sit on the beach. I don't care what it is. You are in the business of improving the lives of other people. And when you start realizing that, a couple things happen. One is when you wake up in the morning, you have an incredible mindset because instead of saying, oh my gosh, I got to go beg people to give me money for something they may or may not want, you wake up and say, I have a duty to help other people. I have something that is going to make their lives better. I have a responsibility to go help them, right? So, so it helps from a mindset perspective. But you also start realizing that you line up nine of your competitors. It could be very similar product, similar price, right? What makes you unique is those ideas, those ideas for how you improve the life of someone else. I don't care if you, you know, you put two used car salesmen selling Volvos. One is going to be a better car salesman and get a better dollar for that car because of the ideas they communicate on the positive impact that person gets from buying that car similar car. So you have to realize that going in, everyone is an authority if you choose to be. That helps with confidence as well, because not everyone started out, to your point, having these wonderful high-end clients, but everyone started out somewhere, somewhere along the line, someone got the first high-end client. And so it takes a bit of confidence. Now I'll, I'll get into that in a second. So the four pillars, it starts with attention. By the way, these all start with A, So it's easy. I'm not smart enough to remember anything else. So I had them all start with A so I can remember, (laughs) right? So the first is attention. The four A's. that's the obvious one. Yeah. Yes. The four A's. Attention is the most obvious because everyone, all right, eyeballs. I got to get more eyeballs for my stuff. Unfortunately, that's where a lot of people start and stop. And so, yeah, of course, if a tree falls in the woods, and no one's there to hear it. Doesn't matter, right? So you got to get attention, right? But a lot of people are just addicted to the likes and the views and the shares. I urge people right now: try to take your likes and views and shares to the bank and deposit uh-huh. them. Right. They won't take them, right? So that leads to the second. <laughs> <gonna pillar>. Happen, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's accuracy. You've got to get that attention of the right clients, and so not just like okay, I work with. I, I'm. I, I talked to a guy today. He sells digital marketing to car dealerships. And I said, listen, okay, I don't care if you sell to Volvo dealers. That's not your client persona. That's not going deep enough into your accuracy. Oh, well, okay, I sell to the VP of whatever there. Go deeper. I have five pages of questions I go over with my clients. We get into, are they, re- are they conservative? Are they liberal? Are they man? Are they woman? Are they faith-based? What religion are they? What do they listen to? What blogs do they listen to? What do they read? Oh, my gosh why does this matter? I don't know why it matters until you start connecting the dots. I work with an elite personal trainer and he said, why does this matter? Why do I care? He found out that his ideal client persona is high achieving executive women, 55 to 65, divorced and Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> now you can reverse engineer that and we can figure out why that is, but it's um, it's it's always interesting. You get down, you hear B2B and B2C, business to business, business to throw it out. It's always interesting person to person. Even if you're selling at a big corporation, there is a person who is more likely to buy from you. Maybe it's a man, maybe it's a woman, maybe they're 45 to 55 instead of 35, whatever it is. So you got to go deep on who that is. That brings us to the next pillar, which is alignment. And what most business owners do, right? Because our business is our baby, but we're also, maybe because of a lack of confidence, we're competing against the world. So what happens? A potential client comes our way and we verbally vomit on them. Now, what does that mean? Oh my gosh, you got to hear all about my stuff and my features and my bells and my whistles and my resume and my experience. People do this when they sell. They do it when they look for a job. You know, they do it when they're building their network. It's me, 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 me. No one gives a damn about you. Now they might love you as a human being. They have empathy for you. But the minute you ask someone for money, they want to know what's in it for me. And at the, and it's very like foundational, you know, at the very foundation, our system the market system is value for value exchange i have something of value you give me you know back in the old days there was a trading post right i paid i trade you a pelt for a gun or something right <laughs> or for or for you know gunpowder that's what it's all about what's in it mcfreed so you got to align what you do more importantly what's your impact story what is the positive impact very clear one sentence not open to interpretation it's got to be understood by a 6th grader <laughs> That impact, that positive impact your clients get from working with you. And the final pillar, A, is authenticity. And that's where that attention really comes back around. You show up every day consistently communicating your impact story to your ideal clients on a regular basis. And when you do that factually, truthfully, maybe throw in some third-party credibility, you build the know, like, and trust factor, which those are the three reasons, the number one reasons people buy from you. They know, like, trust you. They also know that what clearly what impact they're getting if they give you their money and you've gone to the right pond to fish for the right clients and you've baited the hook with the impact story. That's how you build an authority brand.
0: Man, that, that is, uh, that is so solid. It it seems like so (laughs) simple and and clear, (laughs) but, but in the same time, I feel like it, it is, it is kind of difficult sometimes to wrap your brain around some of these things because, I feel like, uh, in some ways, you have the the industry, you know, screaming one thing, um, and this I feel like kind of goes around that a little bit, and um, but gives you a clear roadmap on on what you need to do in order to, you know, have success. Really, I mean, I, I it sounds like to me, you know, building an authority brand really just pushes you towards success. The the more that you pay attention to these things and you know push into them.
2: Yeah, I, w- I often like to say, you know, the quality of Ernest Hemingway's novels was not determined by the type of typewriter he used, mm. right? He had an idea, he outlined it, he put words into paper, he knew who he was trying to reach, and then he, the typewriter is a tool. Well, guess what? Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, the type of webcam you use, all of those are tools, and they're going to change. I mean, mm-hmm. I started in public relations and advertising 25 years ago, and one of the biggest challenges I see is shiny object syndrome, We think because we have technology and tools, you know, I came of age when people used to say the medium is the message. The medium is the message. That's total BS. The medium is not the message. The medium is the medium. The message is the message and you use the medium. You choose the correct medium to reach the people that you're trying to reach. Oh, you gotta be on Facebook. Not if your clients aren't there. You gotta be on Instagram. Not if your clients aren't there. So once you build that strong foundation, then you put together the process and you find out where are my ideal clients? Where do they live online? Where do they live in person? Where do they live? Maybe online's not the best place to reach them. You know, uh, uh, maybe you, it, hell, I talked to financial advisors all day. Edward Jones still trains their people to go door to door to sell financial products. When you talk wow, about being really? able to get that data, find out where your ideal clients are and you just knock on their door. That's, hmm. that's, that's pure. Now we can do that digitally. You can knock on someone's door digitally. But- if you don't build that strong foundation, it's garbage in, garbage out. I don't care what whiz bang tools and technology you have.
1: Hmm, that makes sense. So, what would you? So, when I think of like an authority brand, I think a lot of times of like thought leaders, and I think of people that are out there like putting out content to say, hey, here's what I know, here's what I'm an expert in and that kind of thing. Is that something you recommend? How does that fit into this picture? Is that the same type of thing? Is that just a strategy or tactic to build an authority brand or is that a totally different thing? Yeah,
2: it's a tactic and it falls under that authenticity. Um,
1: What type of message
2: are you going to communicate on a regular basis and do that consistently? And and a big part of it is becoming process focused instead of results focused. So what does that mean? I don't count my wins and losses each day and each week based on how many deals I closed. Now, I love closing deals. I have some goals I like to hit. But I know, for instance, I post a piece of content every day on LinkedIn, minimum. Sometimes I'll post two, sometimes I'll post three. I put out two podcasts
1: podcasts a week. I
2: call a minimum of 10 people a day. Man. Those three things... My wins or losses are the hash marks on my notebook that I make 10 calls, Did I post content. If I do those three things, there's going to be weeks that are down. There's going to be weeks that are up. But I know if I focus just on my daily process over a uh, three-month period, I can guarantee you within $5,000 either way of what my income is going to be by focusing on process instead of the results.
1: That's, that's makes a ton of sense. I I feel like I did the same thing when I first started my business. It was like, I broke down everything I needed to do in a month and then I broke it down into weekly segments. And I said, okay, if I break this into days, here's the five things I have to do every day if I want to succeed. And that helped me so much because like you said, it's, it wasn't in those words, but I was thinking, all right, if I just check these off each day, then I know that I'm going to succeed because I've proven that those are actually going to lead to results.
2: Yeah, you know Nick Saban. uh, I'm not an Alabama football plan uh, football fan, but you know Nick Saban is a successful coach. He tells a story when he coached Michigan State, and they were getting beat pretty badly by Ohio State. And up until that point, he was a results oriented coach. We're going to win the game. We're going to win the championship. And here he was getting beat by the number one team in the country. He said, "You know what? Something's not working here." We're like a middling team. We're not going anywhere. And he said, I'm going to stop being results-oriented. We're going to change it right now. And from now on, we're going to put all our focus, all our mindset, all our passion, all our energy into the very next play. I don't know what's going to happen on second down, third down. I don't know what's going to happen in the third quarter, the fourth quarter. My quarterback might break his leg in five places on this next down. There's nothing I can do about that. They ended up winning the game. And now he calls it the process. He's won so many national championships since then. I'm sure he has goals you know, they want to win a national championship, but there's certain things he's not going to be able to control on the way there, like COVID, right? Who, who, who knew that was going to happen? So what you have to do is set those long-term goals, reverse engineer them. That's the key. You set the long-term goals and you reverse engineer them. So, you know, what three outcomes do I need to achieve every month, every week, every day, And some people in the middle of a workshop say, well, Kurt, what should my outcomes be tomorrow? Like, first of all, I just met you. So how am I going to tell you what your outcomes are? And secondly, that's the problem. You're planning to your long-term goal instead of doing the reverse engineering. Once you do that, then you focus on your next possible goal. And in a year like 2020, I came into this year with a big plan to have live events. And I was going to do this many live events and I had my outcomes. My long-term goal though, my outcome for the year was not Uh, I had a a monetary goal, but it wasn't do 20 live events. My overall goal was build a flow-based, scalable business, helping people live lives of freedom and fulfillment. When COVID happened, I couldn't do the live events. My outcome for the year didn't change. How I got there changed. And so I'm doing virtual boot camps now, doing all those things, focusing on that next possible play, knowing... I don't know what's going to happen. You know, it's 2020. The year's not over yet. You know, this weird gets year to year near, year. But if I have my plan and I focus on the next possible down, the next possible play, I know I'm going to be successful.
1: Awesome. Well, uh, you guys go to the FridayHabit.com to find show notes for this episode. You can find links to our websites, ways to get in touch. At the bottom of the page, you can download our guide to the Friday Habit system, and that'll show you how to set aside one full day each week dedicated to working on your business instead of in your business.
0: That's right. Don't forget to like and subscribe and send us a voice memo. Again, record that voice memo, memo send it over to hello at the And until next time, live every day like it's Friday.